I want to start by reading, by reading um, a few verses from Psalm 23, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get right into this. Are you ready? Are you full of faith? Yes? Perfect. All right, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah, Jesus. This word of yours is so incredible. And um, we know that you want to speak to us this morning. You are a God who is kind, who is interested in every single person and the situations of our lives. We also know that you're a God who has all of the answers and the care that we need. And so, Father, I pray this next few minutes that you would speak to us and that we would hear every word. I pray, Lord God, that we would be enlarged that we would be encouraged and that we would um, walk out of here with such a sense of peace and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so um, I want to focus this morning on verse 4 of Psalm 23. For those of you who um, come regularly, you would probably know that I've been teaching a series called The Passion of the Shepherd, and um, I've taught on verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3, and this morning we're on verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your rod and for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And um, I wonder if you understand what's happening here. What's happening here? It's a really good question to ask because I feel like if you have ever found yourself in a valley that resembles anything like the valley of the shadow of death, that is pretty much the question that you would be asking yourself and God and everyone around you, what's happening here? And the cool thing is that David knew what was happening here. We've got to remember that David isn't just writing some beautiful poetic picture without any understanding. He's a shepherd writing the psalm as a sheep, and he knows exactly what's happening here. And so I'm going to ask this question, what's happening here, all the way through this psalm, because I feel like if we can discover what David knew as he wrote this psalm, we're going to walk out of here very, very, very encouraged. Does that sound all right? Perfect. So um, what's happening here? Let's look at the first part. Even though I walk through the valley, what's happening here? Number one, very simple, the shepherd is leading the sheep to higher ground. The shepherd is actually leading the sheep to higher ground. David is writing about something that was a regular occurrence to him. At late spring every year, the shepherd would prepare the sheep to go through the valley to the mountain. They would have spent all of winter in the lowlands, in the lower grounds where there was safety and shelter from the harsh winter. 
And in late spring, he would lead the sheep up to higher ground, up to the untouched pastures, up to the pastures that have been recovering all winter long and getting ready for to host the sheep the whole of the summer. And he would always take the sheep through the way of the valley. The valleys actually provided the gentlest grades for the sheep to climb. The valleys would always have water source for refreshment on the long journey. And the valleys actually had the richest food to strengthen, to revitalize the sheep for the hard road ahead. And I know for me and Frymont, when we have felt like we've gone through valley seasons, I can definitely say that I have experienced that. I've experienced this incredible refreshing that God seems to provide along the way. I've experienced that He has always given us the food, the spiritual food, the practical food that we need to make this journey. And I've also always experienced that whatever valley we go through, we do come out on higher ground, wiser, stronger, more refined, having learned incredible things. And at the end of the valley, you actually look back and and thank God for it because you know what he's done and it's incredible. So I am... I feel like we've, we've had lots of people in our church, of course, go through valleys. And, um, you know, I feel like I've also shared a lot of stories myself recently as we've been speaking about this um, series. And um, there's one couple, um, Uni and Christian Heckman, who I have seen go through an incredibly tough valley for a long time. It's been about a two-year-long valley. And so I thought it would be really great just to hear from them. So can you give them an applause as they come? They are truly incredible. And um, I believe that we're going to really get some gold. So be ready to write some stuff down. Hello, guys. Hello. So um, you probably recognize Uni from our worship team. And, um, and she is incredible. And, um, and Christian is the man who makes it all possible because he is one of the most supportive and releasing husbands that I've ever come across. It's true. And um, Prima and I, we love the, these two dearly. They've been in our church since the very, very early days. Um, I remember the first Christmas party where we saw them dancing together and we were like, ooh, could this be? And um, they've been married. How long have you been married? Seven and a half years now, have two incredible children. But um, could you give us a brief description of your valley? Um, I think we had a few challenges. I just focus on, on the core challenges. Uh, I think the first one was like two years ago when, when I lost my job. Uh, and um, so I, I started a business and, and tried to... Um, tried to, to, to really make this happen, but, but it somehow didn't just lift up, as it normally is, but, but it just didn't lift up. Anyway, so, so at, and, and the next thing was that um, the lady who owned our apartment said that she needs the apartment for herself, so we had to move, move out of the apartment. Then uh, our second child was born, Mathieu, uh, which, is, which is actually a great thing. Yeah. But, but uh, having no job and no apartment w w with two children, it's, it's actually not so nice. So, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I think this, this, was, this was like the challenge. And, and, and we, we tried a few things to, to really, uh, we even tried like to, because Uni is, is having a business where she's singing at parties and events. So we tried to, to make this business lift up, but, but, it, but it, it also didn't lift up. And, and we tried to release me a bit more so I don't have to, dr uh, to drive her everywhere because she doesn't have a driving license yet. But with no money, you can't actually afford a driving license. So this was, yeah, we, we tried a few things and, and, it, and, and uh, realized some, somehow, and, and we, you know, it, it might look like, yeah, it's all easy, but, but, but there were times when you really get frustrated, you know? <laughs> I can imagine. Because yeah. it's not just what happens in the valley. Sometimes it's actually the length of it yeah. that makes it really tough. So um, what have you guys actually had to battle with during that time? So I think the first thing is obviously, you know, like money. But the problem was we always thought like we need more money. And why? Because we were spending more money on, on stuff, you know, like things uh, like, um, I don't know, because we thought this will bring us forward. This will bring our businesses forward. This will bring us inspiration and um, yeah so we were spending more money and then we were condemning ourselves for not being able to manage our finances and then um, we were also fighting with comparison to others you know like others are getting blessed why yeah. are, are we not blessed we were fighting you know like health problems right. um, like body and also mental problems yeah. um, we were fighting, you know, we were trying to be strong because I think as a worship leader, you, you have a certain responsibility to, when you stand here. And, well, we don't have to forget our weak, mm -hmm. but I don't want to stand here weak. I want to stand here strong. So I really was challenged to, you know, like how to do this because it's not that I don't want to show my weakness. The challenge is how to show God's, strength when I stand here. Incredible. So, um, you know, I, I shared that, you know, God does provide refreshment and food while we're in the valley. How have you guys experienced that both practically and spiritually? I think practically, um, we got a car for free. We got holiday for free. We, we, we got a lot of money from people they just gave it to us, and 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 so we really want to thank you guys, like because this is amazing. Like we really feel like this is a big family, and we and we and we always felt carried, you know. But 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 actually, what you want is you don't want to be carried all the time. You want to carry others, and and this, but 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 it was great, and 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 we we love that 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 you guys took care of us, and and um, and so yeah, this was a practical food, and and from. From like, you want to say something about the yeah. the spiritual food, yeah. yeah? So for me or for us, like a few a few weeks ago, we just realized like, okay, if we look at our problems, they are all financial problems from the outside. Yeah. But then we realized like maybe we should think it another way. Um, maybe those are not financial problems. We we need. To, like as um, Nina preached last Sunday, she taught like she, 
God's working is starting in our hearts. And this is what he did. So he started to, like, stir something in our hearts up. And we were thinking, okay, we shouldn't think of it as a financial problem. So he, you know, like, through sermons on Sundays, through daily devotionals that we had at home, um, through... And even through, like, standing here every Sunday, leading worship, or just turning up on team night, even if if I didn't feel like it, even if I came here crying down, like, how could I do this? But but God just kept blessing us through, through, you know, like, the the revelation he gave us is, is just like, okay, you don't need inspiration. Like, you won't get your inspiration through, I don't know, through spending money on coffee you can't even afford um, to get inspiration to do your business or do this or that. All you need is me. I can give you that inspiration um, even if you don't see the money in your hand, but I will give you this inspiration. And and I think that the one thing that that we needed to understand was also that we didn't even need the little breakthroughs right. to keep our peace and joy because those shouldn't be our goal. Right. Like the breakthroughs, we, I don't need to, oh God, please just give me this little breakthrough to, you know, like to keep us going. We didn't need that. We, we just needed to realize, no, we don't need that. Right. Those are not the goals. All we need is Jesus. I, I remember one time, like, I had this sentence on my mind. I had this a sentence on my mind. You do not need anything, Christian. You do not need anything, Christian. You do not, I had this for a few days, and I, and I realized, like, God talking to me. And, and because you, you, when, you, when you are in need for something and you really think the need is money, it's so clear, or the need is healing, it's so clear, but God said you do not need anything. And then, then you think, okay, yeah, it's true. Actually, he gave everything, right. so we don't need anything. But, but, but you have to let this sink in, you know. It's, it's, it's a process, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So, um, you know, Shepherd, he leads us through these valleys. I don't think he necessarily causes them, but I think life generally causes valleys. Um, but the Shepherd definitely leads us through them, and he leads yeah. us to higher ground. So... How would you describe the higher ground that God has led you to through this valley? So we both talked about this yesterday, and um, Christian came up with a really cool verse, Bible verse, which I am going to read. It's in Philippians 4, um, verse 12 and 13. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And this, like, we pray that this is going to be, like, our daily, um, yeah, like, our daily statement. Like, wherever we are going to be, like, in the future, I hope this is going to be above our whole life. Perfect. Amazing. So... You know, in um, a room like this and in rooms in Dusseldorf and Zurich and Munich, of course, there are people who go through either a similar valley or something different. Um, You are very much walking through in strength. What would you say to someone to encourage them, to help them walk through in strength? 
Um, I, I think there, there, are, there are three things we need to look at, and it's bes besides the spiritual part, we also need to look at our, ourselves as a body and, and ourselves as a soul. And from, from the spiritual part, I think what helped me most was studying His grace and understanding more and more about His grace. We will never understand totally what it is, but it's so, it's so amazing and, and it's, it's helping. And uh, the other thing was going to the Search for Life course. It, it, it helped me a lot. It, it was such a great small group where you're really focusing on the core thing of our faith, and it's, it's really amazing. And this is like the spiritual part. And, and from, the, from the body part, take, let's take care of, of our food. Let's take care of what does what, what our nutrition look like. And, and um, also, like, look at your fitness for, for, and, and the soul and, and the food is it's also important for the soul that's what i mean like like if you if you are looking if you have some time and you're always checking social media or news pages this is pop actually i i realized that it was polluting my my soul you know you have to really take care of that and 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 from the other side what is your soul food yeah. pastor robert ferguson was preaching an amazing message about that and he said what is actually your soul food what do you need? Do you need to watch movies? Do you need to go inline skating? What do you need for yourself so, so that you feel well? Or do you need to go to the hairdresser or whatever? You know, like, like what, what is it? What is it? That's awesome. And we learned in the first service that hairdresser is your thing. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. They're incredible, hey? And, um, you know, I would love before we thank them and let them go, if we could just all reach our hands towards them and just pray for them. Because um, I know that Christian has got a new job, which is awesome. Two weeks in. But um, they actually still need a place to live. And um, so I was just praying that, um, that this valley will come to an end now in Jesus' name. So come on, let's pray for them, hey? Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for this incredible, incredible family. God, I thank you that you have been so faithful to them. And Lord God, we pray now, Lord Jesus, that, um, that this scripture that Uni read, you know, they have learned to be content with little. Father, I pray that they would also learn now what it is to be content with much. We pray blessing on them. We pray prosperity on them. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open the doors of a great miracle home for them. You know the desires of Uni's heart. You know that she would love a garden. You know, Lord Jesus, you know the prayers that they've prayed. And we pray for the impossible to be made possible this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Amazing, hey? All right. So... What's he doing? He's leading us to higher ground, this valley that we're walking through. But um, it's not just any valley, is it, that David talks about? He talks about the valley of the shadow of death. So what's happening here? What's that about? Max Lucado wrote this about death. He said, someday our shepherd will take us to the mountain by way of the valley. He will guide us to his house through the valley of the shadow of death. And so at funerals, under the canopy of sorrow, I give God's words. I share the eulogy that Jesus gave himself. 
The disciples did not know it was his farewell address. No one did, but it was. He knew he had just witnessed his final sunset. He knew death would come in the morning. So he spoke about death, and here is how he began. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. I would not tell you this if it were not true. I am going there to prepare a place for you. After I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. John 14, verse 1 to 3. Max Lucado continues and he says, For a child of God, death is not an end, but merely a door into a higher and more exalted life of intimate contact with Christ. You know what? Death for a Christian It isn't meant to be something that we dread or fear. It's actually meant to be something that we can look towards with affection because we know that we're going to be with our creator in this face-to-face intimate relationship for which we were created for in the Garden of Eden anyway. But it's still hard to say goodbye, isn't it? In Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, It says that God has set eternity in our hearts, in our hearts. Our hearts are the place of emotion, the place of love, the place of feeling, the place of thought. And I think that, you know, as human beings, we've never got used to people dying, even though every single one of us will one day die because we were never intended to die. We were never intended to have to say goodbye to people that we love and care for, even if just for a little while. And so the grief is real. When, um, when Lazarus died, one of Jesus' friends, Jesus, he was going to raise his friend from the dead, but still he stood outside that tomb and he cried his heart out, so broken with grief. So if Jesus felt this kind of grief, of course we're going to feel grief. Grief is real. We still feel the pain of of loss, but here's the thing. I believe that we can still experience peace that doesn't make sense in all of this. The Bible describes this peace that doesn't make sense as a peace that goes beyond all understanding. And so what do we do when someone that you love, or even maybe if for yourself, it seems like this valley of the shadow of death is come way too soon. And the cry of your heart is, what is happening here? This is what you need to understand. Number two, the shepherd has defeated the enemy. It's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. The shadow of a dog cannot bite you. The shadow of a snake cannot bite you. The shadow of a lion cannot harm you. The shadow of a bee cannot sting you. And in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55, the Apostle Paul declares, Oh death, where is your sting? And he says it with such confidence because he knows that Jesus has defeated death. He stole the keys of hell. And what he did for us on the cross means that all we will ever face when it comes to death is a shadow. Matthew Henry, one of my favorite commentary writers, 
says this, that there is ground enough for Paul's confidence because there is no evil in it to a child of God. Death cannot separate us from the love of God and therefore it can do us no real harm. It kills the body, but it cannot touch the soul. Listen to me, shadows seem scary when we think that that shadow is something other than a shadow. But if we understand that all that it is is a shadow and it cannot harm us, then there's no need to be afraid. I've just written down here that the shepherd has made sure that we will pass through Shadow Valley and that we will come out in the full light of the glorious sun on higher ground. Amen? David continues. He says, and I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. What's happening here? Okay, again, remember, David is writing with a big knowledge of sheep. He's a shepherd. And if you remember, um, if you heard the first message that I taught, I shared with you that sheep are very fearful creatures by nature. Sheep have been known to bolt at the sight of a bunny rabbit who just suddenly appears to nibble on some grass. They have been known to run and go wild and, you know, basically run off cliffs sometimes because of a shadow that suddenly appears because the sun comes out from behind the clouds. They're ridiculously fearful creatures. So it's amazing that David as a shepherd with full knowledge of sheep writes about going through a really seemingly spooky place, but he will not fear any evil, any evil, no attack, no lie, no deceit, no sickness, no attack from the enemy. He will not fear. That's amazing. How could he, how could he say that? So last Sunday morning, I was just, you know, meditating over this message and just thinking about this point and in worship, just thinking to myself, like, so if he wasn't fearful, what was he? If we're not meant to be fearful, what are we meant to be? Are we meant to be courageous or brave? What is the opposite to fear? And I just stood thinking to myself, well, it can't be brave or courageous because I still think you can be brave and courageous, but yet fearful. So what is the opposite to fear? What's happening here? Peace. Peace is the opposite to fear. What you need to know is number three, the shepherd has gifted, gifted the sheep with peace. Peace is the opposite to fear. Show me a peaceful, fearful person. The two just can't coexist. Peace is the opposite to fear. In John 14, Jesus continues his own eulogy. And um, remember, I quoted from this earlier. And he says so many amazing things to his disciples in what we know as the Last Supper. And in verse 14, in verse 26 and 27, he says some final words. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled and let it not be afraid. See, there's a reason that the sheep can be free from fear. See, when I used to read that, I thought that Jesus was talking about two things. He was going to send the help of the Holy Spirit and he was going to give us peace. But he's not talking about two things here. It's one thing he's talking about. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God to us and the bringer and the giver of peace. He's not called the comforter for no reason. So when the shadows seem scary and when the valley seems long, And when our normal sheep-like nature would have us going wild with fear, I actually believe that peace is our portion, that peace is the gift of God that he has given to us. And you have it because you're not alone. You have it because you're not alone. The helper, the Holy Spirit is with you. And David ends his sentence, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What's happening here? What's happening here? For you are with me. Number four, the shepherd is with the sheep always. Always. He sent his Holy Spirit to be with us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. He's with us always. And this is a phenomenal revelation. It's actually the revelation of the gospel, that God is with us. And Philip Yancey says it like this. The discovery of David is indeed the message of scripture. The Lord is with us. And since the Lord is near, everything is different. Everything. David continues and he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So what's happening here? What's happening here? And the team can come. Number five, what's happening here is the shepherd has the ability he needs to get his sheep to higher ground. The shepherd has the ability he needs to get his sheep to higher ground. Two pieces of equipment that... David writes about, and to us, they're unknown. What's the rod and what's the staff? David knew what they were, he knew what they were for, and he had used them over and over again to protect and to guide his sheep. The Bible actually uses the the rod being symbolic for the Word of God, and the staff is symbolic for the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. So if we know that, if we know, okay, the rod is symbolic for the word of God, what does he use the rod for? What does he use the word of God for? Listen to this. This is how the shepherd uses them. I find it fascinating. Are you ready? You still with me? Still with me in Munich? Yes. The rod. The rod, the word, is the shepherd's main weapon his main weapon. With it, he will drive off predators and he will protect the sheep from wolves, from wild cats, from stray dogs, and even the most vicious of attacks like from the lion or the bear. The rod was also used to discipline and correct any wayward sheep that 
wandered off towards poisonous plants or towards danger of some kind. Isn't that beautiful? He also uses the rod to open the fleece of the sheep, to look beyond the surface, to get down to the skin, and just to check how is it really going with this sheep. And this is what David referred to in another psalm, in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24, where he prayed, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He was giving God permission. You can use your rod on me. You can look a little below the surface. And that is what the shepherd does with the word of God, with the rod. He protects, he guides, and he gets down deep. What about the staff? The staff that represents the Holy Spirit, our comforter. Well, he uses that to nudge the flock, to guide them, to guide them gently along a new path, maybe a dangerous path. He nudges them with the staff to get them through gates and through doorways, through difficult routes. He uses it to reach out and catch individual sheep and bring them close for examination. Isn't that beautiful? And I read in this shepherding book that, you know, a, a shepherd, he, he takes great care to, to make sure that that staff has just the right shape, just, just the right shape and just the right reach to bring those sheep close. Another use is um, for shy and timid sheep who normally tend to keep a distance from the shepherd. And I want to say this, you know, that presence of God that, that we sense in our Worship. If you're new here today and you are not close to the shepherd, but you sense a presence, an atmosphere in this service, it's not just good vibes. It's the staff of the shepherd. It's the Holy Spirit. And he is just drawing you close. He wants you to know that you can come close, that you have permission. Another common use for the staff was to... Um, to set sheep free if they got themselves in brambles and thorns and they just couldn't get out. And then the staff comes along and he just works it and he brings freedom to that sheep. And doesn't just that sound like the Holy Spirit? The staff is a unique instrument of comfort and care that the shepherd uses for the sheep. So I want to say to you this morning, don't worry if you're in a valley. Don't worry, the shepherd has got all of the equipment that he needs to get you through to higher ground. And I know in a room like this, there are all kinds of valleys, financial valleys, health valleys, fear valleys. I mean, the prayer requests that we prayed for earlier, there's all kinds of needs. But um, my prayer for this morning was that you could walk out with some understanding, some of the understanding that David knew. Because if we have understanding, we actually are so blessed. In Proverbs 3, verse 13 to 18, sorry, verse 13 and 18, Solomon, David's son, writes, Blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. Her ways are pleasant ways, 
all of her paths are peace. All of her paths are peace. Whether high ground or low ground, whether a walk in the sun or a long trek through a dark valley, all of her paths are peace. And she is a tree of life for those who take hold of her. They will be blessed. Honestly, church, this is what I truly believe is our portion as Christians. It's our portion. And, you know, it's a little bit of a different sermon today and just a little bit more of a teaching and an unwrapping. And I hope that was okay for you. But I truly believe that if we can walk out of here with some understanding of what is happening here, that you would be encouraged to know it's okay. He's just leading me to some higher ground. It's okay. He's overcome death. He's overcome the truest evil. It's only a shadow. That you would know that it's okay. That peace is yours for the taking. It's okay because I'm not alone. And it's okay because the shepherd has the equipment that he needs. And so um, I want to pray together. I would love if we would just stand all together. And this is what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and do what only He can do. And that there will be an impartation of peace. You know, your circumstances might not change immediately, or although I would love to pray that circumstances would change immediately. But what I know I know that is available right now, right here, is peace, the crazy kind of peace that goes beyond all understanding. So if you know that that's you and you need a portion of that peace, wherever you are, here in this room in Constance or in any of our locations or even over the podcast, could you just raise your hands to heaven right now? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for every single one. Jesus, you see every single person, every single hand. And I pray in Jesus' name that they would receive from you what they can only receive from you. I pray peace. Peace that goes beyond all understanding. Peace in that valley of sickness. Peace in that valley where finance is needed. Peace in that valley where the relationships are so turbulent. Peace in Jesus' name. Peace in Jesus' name.